So for my Addiction Fiction podcast, I'm looking at the portrayals of addiction in music. Um, and I'll be looking at one album in particular. Um, in this course, we've discussed many different mediums for which we tell stories about ourselves. The very first medium we analyzed was actually music. And music has always been something that helps people process what they're feeling and what they're going through. So it's natural that something as complex as addiction is brought up. It's also just something we kind of associate addiction with musicians. I think in a lot of ways from Amy Winehouse to Whitney Houston to Janis Joplin to Kurt Cobain, even all artists who talked about their struggles with addiction and alcohol and drugs and really kind of met this untimely demise because of it. Um, So in this podcast, I'm looking specifically at Bank on the Funeral by Matt Mason, um, which is the whole album has something or another to do with addiction um, and how that is affecting the relationships in the speaker's life. Um, For this analysis, I'm just going to look at three songs, which are Hallucinogenics, Cringe, and The Hearse. Um, Since I've been really kind of obsessed with this album since I found it like six months ago, and have even tested some friendships with the repetition of which I listened to it and made everyone else that I know listen to it, Um, I've kind of had my own story for the album. And I've been, like, kind of plotting that out in my head, so I never really stopped to think about what the artist was thinking and what his kind of view on everything was. So before I, like, really stepped into my analysis of the songs, I looked at maybe what he was thinking in his thought process of everything that was going on in this album. So Riff Magazine did an in-depth article and interview with Matt Mason called Matt Mason Found the Straight and Narrow on a Long and Winding Road, in which we learn Mason grew up in a house of convicts turned evangelists. Oh my goodness, I cannot say that word for some reason. Um, They would and still do go and preach in and out of prisons and at biker rallies and just trying to reach outcasts and show them that they are not alone and that they know what's kind of going on as well. Um, At one of these, when Mason was five years old, his uncle was murdered. Um, There's not a lot of detail in that, but Mason from then on found him as an inspiration. He was going and doing what he believed in and he was doing the best he could. Well, it got him killed, but he was still doing the right thing. And Mason kind of views him as a a modern-day martyr. Um, He explains that while his family was on the straight and narrow, by the time that he was really around, it didn't change the fact that they were still living in the same area where his family before had kind of run into these problems. And it's really that issue that we see in Recovery Boys of, okay, I'm no longer addicted well, I'm always going to be have a problem there, but I'm not using anymore, but I'm in the same place and with the same people that were. So he ends up kind of separating from his family a little bit and even does some jail time 
because of everything that's kind of going on and the choices that he's making. Um, after that, he reconciles with his family, and that's when he's able to really start his music career. Um, he explains that he just writes what he wants to do or what he's done, and kind of from that perspective. So he approaches the situation of, say, anger, and he's like, I write from the perspective of being angry. And it's me writing what I know that I shouldn't do. So it's a way of really him to consort. And it's not necessarily him. Sometimes they're kind of what he remembers. But other times it's just him doing what he wants to do. And it, that situation playing out through a song. Um, he says that religion is really important to him. His father was a convict, then a cop, then a pastor, then a minister. So... His religion is really important to him, and his songs are a way of of reaching other people who have gone through what he's gone through and kind of spreading that love and showing that they're not alone and that this is it's a real problem and there's there's hope um, so the first song that I looked at was hallucinogenics which is one of my favorite songs um but it's a song about a man who has relapsed and he's talking about how he's on hallucinogens that are numbing his mind as well as alcohol and xanax and it's that representation of a man who's unable to open up to someone most likely a significant other and that has driven him back to a life of of drugs and alcohol the song opens with the line pushing past my limits tripping on hallucinogenics making it clear that he has a tolerance for these substances. He then says, ripping with my sinners, man, I ain't no beginner. And then I crawl back to a life that I said I wouldn't live in. This also alludes to the fact that this is not a new way of life for him, that this is something that, in fact, at one point he gave up and has since gone back to. The fact that he refers to himself as a sinner and the people that he hangs out with during these periods as sinners really shows that he does not feel good about what he's doing, that it's making him a sinner. Um... He says he couldn't open up with the people, the the person that he really wanted to. So he's hoping to send them into the arms of someone else, someone who's strong and tall and Christian, alluding to the fact that he doesn't feel good enough about himself and he wants this person that he really cares about to go find somebody he views as the opposite of him, somebody better. Um, so it's really him, him choosing drugs over a relationship, over somebody with over being with somebody that he he cares about which kind of brings us into cringe which is another song about the struggles of relationships and addiction the narrator is still not clean in this song but he's ready to talk to a significant other at the open of the song he says lover come over look what i've done i've been alone so long i feel like i'm on the run he is at this point tired of the isolation. He's aware of the fact that he's been alone and doing things that he shouldn't do and he's ready to come clean. Upon seeing him, she says, he looks like a smooth criminal. He looks like a different person. That his spirit doesn't move the way that it did before. Which, to me, says that he's changed so drastically he's a completely different person. And him going to her is kind of him trying to find his way back to who he was. But he just response i'm just tired and she comes right back with you're just high alluding to the fact that this is not the first time they've had this conversation and that she needs to put some emotional distance in that so she gives that really short answer of you're just high 
He also continues, he's clearly asking for help, but it's unclear as what he did. It's just the only thing that is clear is that he's struggling. And he says, lover, come hold me. Cuts on the fritz. Body intoxicated. Feelings comfortably mixed. Making it clear that he's high during this interaction. Um, his head is warring with things and he's confused because he sees her standing right in front of him but he's also high so it's kind of him living in both worlds at the moment and so he's comfortably feelings are mixed at this moment and it this kind of really reminded me of a sleeping with alcohol during that interview it's it's very reserved and the question is posed what would make you stop and she responds with love so it's then a question of do you love me or do you love your drug more? And that's kind of where these people are in the context of this song. He's sitting in front of her, high, but he is asking her to stay. It's that complex thing where it's, what do you do in that situation? Do you stay or do you say, no, you're still not ready for me? And we have the hearse which I really see as a, a song of a story of meeting somebody where they are. The opening line of this is, I am the man we both couldn't stand. I can't wash off the dirt from my hands. Mm. This alludes to the fact that he's done bad in the past, and that while, while he was using, he was somebody that he didn't mm. like, and somebody his significant other did not care for. And he's acknowledging the fact that he can't change the past. He goes on to ask, what was it like to feel in love? This is something that he repeats over and over again as if he really just he can't remember what that feeling was like but he's tr he's looking for it. He continues saying I can't scrub off the black from my lungs. I can't wash off the taste from my tongue. This is another sign that he has that damage is done is is kind of irreparable and it will always be with him very physically he can't change it it has affected him it has left scars on him um he says he can't go backwards and he can't be free it's, this is gonna was something that he's gonna have to live with but he's not going back um so he asks will you sink down to me he wants to know that if this significant other would would meet him where he is with all of this baggage that he knows a lot has happened in the past and he's really kind of ready to move on and wants to know if this person will walk with him and I think that's a really clear sign of him choosing love over a drug this time but it's a question of whether or not this person will walk with him so as I was sitting down my dog is snoring in the background um as I sat down to really start this podcast and to look at the portrayals of addiction and music I was kind of startled with a love triangle that I had not seen before because as we've talked about many times in class addiction kind of has the tendency to be its own relationship it's one that's very complex it's kind of personified because of that it's just so so complex there's so many layers to it so it was kind of silly to me that I missed this just because of the sheer number of times that I've listened to this album but really, it's an album, it's the songs are talking about his relationship with both, oh my goodness, Hemingway, <laughs> um, 
is really the songs about their relationship with drugs and then this relationship with people and it's in this love triangle of kind of do I choose the person I love or this other toxic relationship that I know so well which if you have really thinking about it is something that we see all the time in music because music is how we process emotions for a lot of difficult things and it's always a song about a relationship not always a relationship with the person mind you if we've even used what good kid drinking do by janice joplin um she's talking to alcohol and her relationship with it she's like what good do you do me it's just not personified in that same way but it's very much a song about that relationship about that addiction it's that song that is is saying this isn't good for me why do i still do it why do i stay it's the same as if it was a love song to or a breakup song to a person except you don't actually break up at the end and that's really what you see in this album what Matt Mason has created is something that is a way of catharting because it's not really him even if he's done some of the things in his song it's a it's a different it's a, a personification of him and this love triangle that he felt as he was getting clean and maybe even still feels oh my goodness <laughs> either way I think that's really what's interesting about it. These are not songs that are in order on the album. I don't even know if they're really talking about the same relationship throughout all three of them. But I kind of cherry-picked them because I felt like they told the best linear story. There's, I love you, but I'm scared, so I'm going to push you away and go to drugs. And then there's, I love you, and I think I'm ready to give up drugs, but I haven't yet. I'm not quite there. And then there's... I've given it up, I love you, will you still love me? And I think that's just a beautiful analogy for everything that we've really talked about in classes, that portrayal of of relationships, of what do you pick, what's more important, how do you move on, and that's the way of really demonstrating that through song. Really, what music is portraying is these relationships with this complex concept where people are really just figuring it out. They're singing about it and they're sharing their stories as a way to process what they're feeling and what they're going through. And that's what I found in this album. So yeah, that is portrayals of addiction in music. Hope everyone has a lovely break. Bye.